Yes. No. Yes. No. You shaved. That's so weird. Oh, I know. I did. I had another. I had another uh, Nickelodeon sitcom audition. Oh. So different casting directors. They, our audience doesn't know about this, but you. Well, do. and you, also you should be like you. Should, you don't want to talk too much about it either, because if you you don't like want to let people know that there's a show in production true. that they shouldn't know about. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll keep it on the. Let's just but say you my, are you are all like in the queue to be the next Nickelodeon dad. Sounds like. I mean, maybe, maybe. Uh, I think I'm doing all right on these, but I tell you, it is a particular <laughs> art form that you know takes it's a certain. It's energy, right? Like it's just. Oh, it's energy. Yeah, it's beyond a normal sitcom, right? Because you want to keep up the pace. You want to. You want to have all that, but then you're like working with. You got to be. You got to be a little bit over the top, and you're working with writing that you know is for kids so it's a little more hokey it's a little bit more so hitting these jokes doing these turns it's anyways i'm tired oh i'm, I'm it's tired. it's exa- it's exhausting to hear you talk about it so please stop i will say <laughs> i will say as okay. i was doing it i was like oh my gosh if i get this do i have to uh, like delete all of our all of our podcasts because does is this is this is my things that i've talked about here not appropriate for an, a nickelodeon sitcom character actor i think we need to get it all in really quickly because <laughs> i would never wish you to not book something but but to be fair too i there's a i've had a couple coming to jesus is like i will never work disney or nickelodeon i that's just not gonna happen because of what you've put out there a hundred percent. The first commercial I ever did, I was advertising anal beads. <laughs> really? A hundred percent. Oh my God. How do I not know this? Because I, I don't talk about it. But then I, in the last year, I've just decided to own it before someone destroys my career with it. Wait, was it, wait what kind of commercial? Like this, okay. was, where did this air? Um, this aired online. It was, it was promotional videos. Uh, for a uh, like a, a a sex product company, and I and every time someone wanted to know more about a particular product that this company had, they would just be able to pull up my video describing what is enjoyable about that product. Oh well, I don't know, Jess. What is enjoyable <laughs> about that product? Okay, can I really? <laughs> Um, I think theirs was uh, the ease of how it goes in. <laughs> oh, there was okay. also the okay, a- sure. there was the a- there was the after dark uh, products as well. So there was like just the normal sex products, which or like sex dust or clean your toys with this, you know, mm-hmm. antibiotic spray. And then the the after dark one was like. I think the the worst was anal beads, like quote unquote worst, like most graphic, um, but about 12, 12 or 15 spots. And it was the first time I had ever shot a commercial. It was the first time I ever used, uh, what are those called? I lost Teleprompter. Them. Uh-huh. And so I, it was very bad. The thing I would be more embarrassed about it coming to light is so people see how bad I am. That would be, <laughs> that would be worse. 
Oh, do, do they exist somewhere? Are, I they, think are because, they findable? I think because everything exists on the internet somewhere in some sort of archive, someone could try really hard and find it. I think the company didn't even keep it up that long because they were that piss poor. Um, <laughs> but so we've talked about... <laughs> This is an amazing revelation. No. Look, I get it. So, so because I worked in, Ch- I lived in Chatsworth. Chatsworth oh, yeah. At one time. Porn, is, porn capital. There we go. Yeah, there it is. One of the employers just so happened to be the caster, the people that are the, like, wait, how do I put this? I worked at a deli for seven or eight years in Chatsworth. And so you serve all kinds of people. Some people you clearly knew they were porn actors or or like one of my closest customers was a foot fetish guy. That was like the majority of what kind of porn he shot. Like I had buds. It was, it was this was not something I cared about. Like anyway, it just it just was part of the Chatsworth zeitgeist. I move out of Chatsworth. <laughs> No, I don't even move out of Chatsworth, but I'm like moved on. I'm not no longer at the deli. I'm like about to book. I have an agent now or about to have an agent. And, I'm, and I have a friend who just so happens to work in the porn industry as a designer for these products or whatever, or like graphic designer. <laughs> and she's like, we got a, this audition. Do you want to come? I was like, you know what? 700 bucks. I can't say no to it. I walk 700 in. 700 bucks? Well, not too bad. You sold your soul for 700 bucks? Yes. Sad. And believe me, I lied awake that night wondering if I made a mistake but I went to I went to New York shortly thereafter and it wasn't that big of a mistake considering I had very little money to my name so anyway I walk into the audition and I know the guys I used to wait on them for years oh <laughs> and they're like Jessica it's like yeah and I like brought it I was in a tank top and with like I pushed my cleavage up and like wore you know I did the whole the whole thing mm-hmm. and like <laughs> muffin like muffin top jeans it was real bad someone someone will find it one day it's out there i'm full redhead long red hair it's the whole thing oh my gosh oh my gosh you know this this reminds me so back in in el paso before i had come out to los angeles or whatever but i knew i wanted to be an actor um, I don't know if, I don't know how I found out about this audition, but I went and I auditioned for this thing. And basically it was for a commercial for like a drug rehabilitation center. So it's like all these actors talking about how they were addicts, but now they went to this rehabilitation center, yada, yada. And I got the role, you know, and I got the role. And- <laughs> Wait, cause it, because you were actually Jones and you're like, man, I really need like 50 no, bucks. No, no. <laughs> no, in high school, in high school, I only really drank. Well, we've school. got so many questions, Nick. Yeah, yeah, we'll get yeah, high school. We'll get to that. Um, but uh, but anyway, so I got the I got the I got the role, and I was like, Mom, I got this role, and she goes, You're not doing that role. I was like, What are you talking about? It's my, I got a role. It's my first acting gig. She goes, She goes, No, nobody knows that on those commercials that those are actors. Everybody knows they're actors. They're like, I'm not going to have my son on TV on El Paso talking about being an addict. <laughs> She's uh, so right. She's so right. She was so right. And I was like, I was so butthurt. I was like, God, my big chance. I got a commercial before even going to LA. <laughs> but she didn't, you know, she didn't let me do it. Oh. Uh, thank God. Thank you, mom. Oh, man. If I only listened to you in so many other ways. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I went around and asked, uh, I asked people, I was like, 
do you know that those are actors? And nobody knew that they were actors. So she was right. <laughs> she's totally, she's totally right. I, now I'm wondering who let me do that commercial. And it's at around the time that my dad and I stopped talking. So I was the broken little girl without her daddy telling her what to do. And, and, and I worked in the porn industry. <laughs> My God, it's so sad. Oh, so it's now- also the horrible. It's also the horrible thing about the acting industry of, of just like what you will do as an actor to like, oh, I got a role. It's like, oh God, I hate that about this industry that you will literally sacrifice part of your soul because you got a role that you probably didn't even want to do anyway. You know, I mean, that's how a lot of nudity comes about, right? Um, I knew a girl who did nudity because it was. She wasn't even getting paid, and she never even got like the. Uh, she never even got the final product. She was going to get it for her quote unquote real, and it was artistic at least. Um, and don't get me wrong, there should be a world where, our we sh- we're empowered to use our bodies and our voice however we want, and it shouldn't have repercussions on our. Like I know people who do who do sex work who can't get an apartment because they did sex work. Like, that's fucked. But also. Like, in a non-patriarchal world, there's an argument that sex work isn't necessarily what it is as it is today, as it stands. There's, there's, a, there's a deeper topic there. But um, the cir- the full circle of it all is I don't want to work in an industry that's going to punish me for making some weird choices. Because don't get me wrong, you're so right. Like... This our internship crawl almost doesn't end, right? So like a lot of other people have like a linear job climb. Like, oh, I got to work two summers free at this, you know, publication. And then maybe I'll have a job in the mailroom. For actors, your mailroom job or your intern job could happen at any given time. We're doing a free podcast together right now. Well, no, I think we have a couple of Patreon subscribers. So. You know what? You're right, but you're not benefiting from it. So <laughs> you don't, I still am in the red just personally, but it's because I believe in this. That's how, how we wake up in the morning is I believe in everything I'm doing. You're right. We do. You're right. I should, you know what? You've come full circle from going to listeners and now reminding me that we have a wonderful, strong, uh, Patreon base for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But here's, here's where, here's where I, I think there's other actors out there that are doing Disney and Nickelodeon that are also doing ad- other adult things. And the less they know, they you just want them to hire you. And then you just keep going. Don't make a big fucking deal about it. Don't tell your friends about this podcast and we'll see what, <laughs> <laughs> what happens. <laughs> well, no, there is... Oh, there is out there. So there's a, I used to be in a sketch comedy troupe and there's a video out there that like, I call them sometimes to like, Hey, take it down now. Okay. Oh you can put it, you can put it back up. God. <laughs> oh my God. Is it sex and where can we watch it? Yeah. It's uh, it used to be called, <laughs> it used to be called Nick Masu's songs to finger bang to. Um, what? So then I had, <laughs> what? Like so not I, what then, I expected at all. What did you What did you think it was? I don't know. It's just not what I expected at all. It's actually It's actually pretty hilarious, but it goes a little too far, especially by today's standards. Um, and I now I didn't I didn't write this. My you know I, the 
You're people. complicit. Okay. Oh, totally. It's Nick Masu's song to finger break. Like this, the no, like I, oh, I didn't write this, but it's you, anyways. So, but you're the addict, and you're. (laughs) It's very funny, and so like on a like a, on like a comedian who wants to you know just like let it all hang out. I'm I'm glad it's out there, but as somebody who's trying to be who at times has been, had to be mindful like when i became a life coach i was like i think you need to take my name off of take, you could keep it up but just call it songs to finger bang to <laughs> <laughs> T- totally and and like the other podcast i do is a D podcast and um the woman on that podcast besides myself well doesn't prefer her last name to go out there because she's also a teacher and and at, not just like a public school teacher, a private school teacher. And that's just like the kind, it kind of gives us some, fuck this world, man. We're so prude. And everyone does some fucking weird shit behind the doors. I hate this double standard. Let's fucking dismantle it, Nick. Nick froze. This is awkward. Dismantle the what? The, 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 no, I froze. No, you yeah. did. It was <laughs> awkward. No, it's okay. The rallying cry. Oh. I, I was I was in the wrong. Just so you know, while I was frozen here in this sort of passive state, uh-huh. I was actually jumping, going, yeah, let's take it down. I, I think I threw the bookshelf down and things have been shattering over here. We, we did hear you say dismantle what, though. So never mind. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to selling soap, our souls. Yeah? Jess, be, I just want you to know, oh, I no. have not, I was not, I haven't been more excited to do this podcast well, not since last week. Last week, I was super pumped. <laughs> but I am super pumped today because we have a lot to talk about. And we just we just talked about something that I didn't, did not expect. It just added to the pile. I mean, I would have hoped our intern would have would have put this on an outline for us. Uh-huh. We have a jam-packed uh-huh. <laughs> podcast coming. You know what? Let me go admonish her really quickly. But before we do that, yeah, let me just say I'm so glad that you're excited. I am pumped. I'm telling you, we've got, we've got a, we got a recap last week. Uh-huh. We've, we've, uh-huh. I think you've done your homework and perhaps watched Days of Confused. I'm so tired. Okay, you did. You watched it <laughs> and watched as much Olympics as you can. We I didn't talk- even get to watch the Olympics. I because no? because because then right after I watched our homework, an Andrew Scott movie came on and it caught my attention because I like Andrew Scott. And I didn't watch the whole thing, but I watched enough to remember that I would like to watch it later. <laughs> and then, and then I don't, I, li- I don't like to end the evening on watching TV, so I had to do a little bit of reading. Well, I hope you read about Simone Biles because we're going to talk about that today. Right, I know enough to pretend like I know enough about it. Look, well, I, I'll, I'll, I'll I'm looking forward to you taking the reins on this one, Nick. I'm going to take the reins on this one. Um, and then, and then we need just a few minutes, just a few minutes for a little crypto corner. Because <laughs> the crypto world is on fire this past week. Uh, honestly, I have no idea. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm just letting the $100 I have in um, my crypto bank just sit there. And accrue a little bit of money, a little, a little bit. And you mean lose a little bit and then gain a little bit? Oh, it's been losing bit. the majority. The majority <laughs> of it has been losing. Thank God it's only a hundred. Uh, Nick, don't go anywhere. Oh, I'm here. <laughs>
Nick, if you had your druthers, what? Who? Who would you want to uh, sponsor us? Oh, who would I want to sponsor us? Mm-hmm. Uh, probably some really obscure anal bead company uh-huh. who, <laughs> who employs young girls to talk about their products. Let's clarify: young women. Young women, you're right. Well, how old were you? I was an adult. Okay. I, well, wasn't, I, guess... I wasn't 17. You're right. You're right. Am I... I sh- you're, no, you're exactly right. We should not be using the word girl to describe women anymore. That is an old world way of doing I'm things. I'm only saying it with regards to sex products, and we're taking the girl out of that. That's all. I'm, give- I'm helping you okay. help yourself. But generally speaking, that is a thing where- I'm a talk- girl. We refer, oh. we refer to- to men as men and women as girls very often. Well, so here's... Well, traditionally, that's been a thing, right? And it's 100% a thing. And we're trying and, to change it. And just because some feminist said that that's something that they don't want, doesn't mean all feminists feel that way. There's, there's, a, there's a spectrum. There's also a questionability as to who, who can say girl and under what terms. Oh, okay. So it's, it, let's just put it this way. Just because someone who says, we shouldn't say girl, not every person feels that way. At or what point, not every at person what, cares. At what age do you think you become, you go from a girl to a woman? Oh, fuck. Uh, at what point do you go from a woman? It's, it's, you know what? When you start buying your own soap. <laughs> <laughs> In particular, what kind of soap? Well, so... This is now, this is the conundrum we find ourselves in. This is the paradox. If you buy Bubbles and Things soaps, because they're of a geeky nature, you still might be young at heart, thus a girl. (laughs) (laughs) So really, I don't know what I'm advocating for right now. But I do know that uh, being able to... (laughs) Make your own choices when it comes to your body's health and cleanliness is a really womanly step. (laughs) (laughs) Knowing how I want my body to smell and how clean I want it to be, that's pretty womanly. Now. That, yes. Yeah. Because, like, right now I'm filthy. I need to, I can't wait to take a shower after we're done right now. So right now I'm a girl. But in Mm. the shower, I'm going to be a woman. Oh. I don't know. I'm not quite following the logic, but honest I, to God, I'm not it. either. But <laughs> enjoy the visuals while they last. And if you're interested in really smelling like something, go to <laughs> bubblesandthingsoaps.com and use the YDK and Pod discount on your way out. We got so much to unpack. Oh my gosh, so much to unpack. I mean, just from that. Look, our opener it took me by surprise. I didn't know we were going to get into that, and we still have so much more on the slate. Let's let's dive right in. What do you got for me? Okay, diving right in. Just like the diving competition in the Olympics. I'll I'll excite people because we do want to talk about the Olympics. And this is the first year that I've lived on my own during the Olympics. It's the first year that I haven't been like 
incredibly busy during the Olympics. And I have made it so that I can watch the Olympics as much as possible. And and I'm so excited because I usually they usually like pass me by or I'm too busy or, you know, my head's in the sand. So I'm really excited about the Olympics, even though I think everything's a fabrication and it's inflated and we make it a bigger deal than it is, but it's still exciting for me. Um, cause it's anyway, so we'll talk about that in a minute, but, but you're right. Let's talk about, first of all, Sammy is lovely. Isn't he? Lovely. I've thought I'm- several times about how sweet Sammy is and earnest, <laughs> earnest. Did you know, like, I, I think maybe I texted you about this, but, you know, as we all know, I don't really do much social media. And anytime I've ever posted anything on social media, like maybe a couple of likes in a, in a rare blue moon, somebody might actually respond to a post. I posted Sammy the Czar. <laughs> And this post turned into like a meeting ground of of old El Paso friends and people going, oh, my God, I love Sammy. Oh, thanks. Thanks for the memories. Oh, it took me back. You know, it was awesome. Uh, but then but it got really sad because you tried to post again and no one interacted with it. So you were riding the high of social media frenzy and you're like, let's keep it going, baby. And no one, no one responded. Well, a couple trickled. Maybe like three people trickled in. So, so, so just, just for clarification for everyone out there, I, I did something that I've never done before that I see other people do and they usually get tons of responses. I asked a question. Oh. I asked a question oh. on a Facebook post. Oh. To see what responses I would get, oh. and and sure enough, no Sam- one responded. <laughs> Sammy, Sammy, re- Sammy responded. Sammy's been the only person that's liked our Facebook posts, <laughs> <laughs> and he like laughs at them, and it's so sweet. It's so sweet. I I bet you Sammy feels like a million bucks too. Honestly, well, you know what? It it sent ripples amongst the the buds of ninety four. Um, they all you know. I so I think it's ignited an old conversation. It brings up a lot of nostalgia. Um, so, so, so that, you know, they have their own text chains and I mean, they all, they're all still friends. They all still talk anyway, but that was just like a nice wave of energy of everybody being able to, you know, shoot the shit and whatever else. Um, so yeah, you know, and, and I think, you know, he has never done, he had said he had never done anything like this before. So I think, you know, that's just a fun experience. And I've always thought, I always thought it was like, Sammy, you should get into entertainment. But no, just, he shouldn't. It's just not in his, he not in his headspace. No. You understand how, I mean, maybe you can kind of get, like, get how no, funny. I understand. That's not, he's, his funny is not let me perform for you funny. <laughs> he is genuine presence person. He, that's, kind of, that's the kind of person that the industry would spit up and chew out. Right? Wait, chew up yeah, and spit out. Chew up out. and spit out. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> maybe you need to go take that shower. I'm really struggling here. Um, Chone no, up and spoot out. Um, yeah. And I really do mean that. Like you, we had talked about this early on in the podcast. There were some people who are like, I could do this biz. I could be an actor. And it's not a ding against him. He shouldn't be one. You know, he's, he's, he's yeah. the person who we need to be holding the mantle of like good people out there. And like, like with the ephemeral funny, you know, like oh my god, that was a really funny Airbnb Airbnb guy, like Airbnb guy. Anyway, I, that's me marrying two thoughts. But what I'm trying to get at 
I don't even know what I'm trying to get at. Okay, wait, question. So first of all, you're the generation that still uses Facebook a lot. So it does make sense that a bunch of people were like excited to talk about the early 90s with you guys and like relive the heyday. I felt like a lot of people that responded were moms. No, only one was a mom. There was a mom who responded. I, okay, right. So a mom did respond, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. But I, and I felt so bad for that mom. <laughs> but but also she's super cool. Oh, she's great. She's great. Her her One of her sons is a bud of 94 her daughter's a super close friend of mine um so yeah so in order to fully digest everything that i was told about last week if you don't know what we're talking about go listen to last week's episode called what did we call it oh i guess this episode's title is d's nuts that's what it ended up being um (laughs) and we talked about nick's sort of experience partying in high school in the early 90s, not just partying in high school, but traversing from El Paso to Juarez and getting shit fuck drunk and and uh, living to tell the tale. And it still blows my mind. Um, and then in order for me to understand the culture, Nick made me watch Dazed and Confused. I mentioned this on text. I have seen the movie before. I just forgot everything that happened in the movie until it was happening. So you, okay. So you watched it last night. So I it's did not watch just, it. This isn't just a result of last week. This was a couple no, of weeks ago. No, you've been talking ago. about it. You've been talking about it. It was, it was a part of your homework. And you know, we're, we're <laughs> lax on, on each other's homework. But oh, after, you're lax on it. Okay, cool. Great. Good to know. <laughs> well, after last week when it came up, it felt like it, it felt like we needed to do this. And also it's the perfect segue because like, I got. I got to know what your reaction is to is. I watched it again. I have a lot of thoughts. Uh huh. You know, I have a lot of thoughts about it as a film. A lot of thoughts about it. Gener- what it means generationally. But then also, it still. When I watch it, it still speaks to my soul of what it was like growing up in El Paso. Yeah, that's kind of partly the questions I have about it, and and I do think it is a part. Of, it's a snapshot of a huge. Um, factor in your childhood or your in your high school generation experience because of probably the enormity of that movie right even mm-hmm. though what's his face is a, a, a award-winning fucking actor now all right all right all right what's his <laughs> McConaughey name? Matthew McConaughey that's you still also, his what sorry, sorry go ahead no fuck you dude what I was gonna say you also have Ben Affleck which is a surprise hold on I'm just saying oh, it's still his most iconic his yes, yes. Role. Yes. Despite being an Academy Award winner. So it kind of got me thinking that there's a party film for every generation that kind of encapsulates how that generation kind of moves through the world. Now, what I think is interesting, um, there's there's also a phenomenon with a generation that's obsessed with ge- two generations prior. And it's usually because the f- filmmakers are like, I grew up in that era and let's make a film about it. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of forgot that Days and Confused – well, I mean, I totally forgot everything about Days and Confused completely, which made it an enjoyable watch because I had literally forgotten everything about it. Um, which is amazing because I don't – I must have been – I had to be high. I can't – I can't – but I still – honestly, I can't remember the circumstance under which I watched it. I can't remember with whom I watched it and why. But I did. I don't remember <laughs> liking it. I didn't hate it. And also, you can't because, like, of all the people that are in it – anyway – Neither here nor there. Uh, 
it's interesting that it t- takes place in the 70s because then I'm curious about what the how it had parallels for you guys based off of that fact and um and if and I wonder why it's such a why it's still such a good snapshot of your parting days despite it not being set in your current times yeah well yeah it's yeah it's interesting I was thinking about all that while I was watching it so it's it's fascinating because it is basically a a Gen X film, right? Shot of uh, uh, about boomers growing up in the in the seventies, right? Played by Gen Xers, right? They're, if you go, they're boomers. In the is 70s. this the Generation Jones that we're talking about? A oh, it might bit? be. It might be the Generation Jones. A little bit, because I if you're if that's seventy six, it's the bicentennial that they're celebrating, right? Mm-hmm. And they're and like they're like seventeen, eighteen, also thirteen some of them, to eighteen, right? Yes, eighteen. Going into freshman year of high school, how old are you're, those children? You're fourteen, fifteen. You turn fifteen your freshman year. Fourteen. Okay, so what does that mean? When were they born? Nineteen sixty. Two. Well, the youngest, yeah. The youngest, which is Generation Jones, based on what we were talking about, which holds it holds to my theory that my father isn't quite a boomer. That's my mom's not quite a boomer. Uh, my my parents would have been teenagers in that movie. Mm-hmm. So okay, so good. To, yes, so that changes it just a little bit. Just but, a tad. Just a tad. But just interesting the overlaps there. Um, they're not like they wouldn't be considered hardcore gen xers right they're just not they're not gen xers you mean the actors the act the, the characters in the 70s are not gen xers they're the definitely act- not but the actors are and the right. filmmakers are and it's coming out do you well, think not, richard not, i don't maybe, think richard linklater yeah, yeah that's, the filmmakers. i think Sorry. that's part and parcel why we have a reflective film because he's not gen x yeah no uh, yeah not the filmmakers um but the but the people it's speaking to the the audience mm-hmm. they are mm-hmm. um and so the so demo, I, the yeah, demographic, you know, because one of the things that was going through my mind was like, well, could this film be made today? Could you make this same film today with, you know, our sensibilities now? Um, which is an interesting question. It's not the question you ask. We can maybe get to that in a second. I don't know whether you can or not. Uh, before the pandemic, I thought maybe you could, because I actually watched this before the pandemic. Now, after the pandemic, so much has changed in terms of what, you know, more, it's not really just about the pandemic, but sort of the social, um, we'll call it revolution or social push for change in in media and whatnot, um, that I don't know if you could get this movie greenlit right now, um, especially with the the way that they did things, even though it's a... You don't get major things that happen in that film greenlit unless it is like a period piece, probably. Well, I, well that's what I'm wondering. Even as a period piece, I wonder if you still don't. Because even at that, I, yeah. yeah so there, there's a certain amount of misogyny that's, that's in there that you could say, like, well, that's just normal. No, that's just like 1970s kids. That's how, that's how guys talk, you know. Um, but do you still get that made? Today? I mean, if you do, if it gets made, then the the people that, that had the misogyny performed upon them get their uh, comeuppance. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Like, there's, like, there's got to be, like, that, well, we're going to fuck this guy up, <laughs> you know. 
So, so that like kind of like how the kids get it back with a banyan, right? Like they kind of we, like, we. I love that we never see him again. He gets fucking paint all over him, and he's gone. Like the the one pro, the one antagonist is gone mm-hmm. until we get to the the moon tower. Um, you can. I think that that's also. I don't think you're saying this, but just for clarity's sake, it's okay that that film wouldn't get made today too, because it also is just a snapshot of the time and the capsule of time when it was made. So I know, and I know you're not saying that just as for clarity's sake. Um, I'm saying that partly because. Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, yeah. go ahead, motherfucker. I'll get my comeuppance in a couple minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that partly because I have definitely thought about. Uh, what it would be like to make a film about growing up in El Paso in the 90s. Mm. And if you're thinking about that, you're thinking about it for today's audience and you're going, well, what can you, what, what how do you present that story now? Um, and even thinking about it a year ago, like I was saying, before the pandemic, I think I have to shift my thinking about it now, post-pandemic. I don't know. A, a little bit, maybe, right? Um, just, just in... I, because cause here's why you have to shift your, shift your thinking about it. Because when you are probably thinking about it, you're like, how do I make this as commercial and sellable as possible? I'm probably going to be a white kid, you know, and the and my friend's kind of, you know, going to be the ethnic token character. Like you were trying to probably think of how to fit it into that package, how Hollywood would buy it. But now you can probably afford to be a little bit more autistic about it and actually honest about it. Would you say? Is that, is that well, possible? I, well, I think it's 100% relevant. I thought it was relevant before pandemic. It's, it's In many ways, it's even more relevant now because the cultural mix in El Paso is very interesting. It is very diverse. I mean, El Paso is one of the few um, cities, and I'm, I hope I'm getting this right, that I believe is majority uh, brown, right? It's majority... Mexican and Mexican heritage. Um, so that's already a fascinating sort of look into a, a culture that you don't, you just don't see very often. Um, but I think that, and this go to go back full circle to what you're talking about, like what, what about this film that took place in the seventies resonated for people in the nineties that I still think the light, the lifestyles were not that much different i I that's not shocking to me like i i can definitely well i mean the movie seems to paint everybody as just partiers which again is kind of what you alluded to as your high school being like um i do want to say before i forget a friend of mine and a, a mutual friend of ours is in a movie called plan b that's on hulu right now a friend of mine was a producer for it and it's a raunchy uh road trip type little bit of partying type film akin to like you know your what's american pie kind of and it's it's two female protagonists and uh two women of color so it you know you can go out there and do some raunchy thing they they did a couple things in that film where i'm like how the fuck what did they how but so you can be raunchy and like crazy but it's just a, it has to be a little bit more thoughtful so it's it's, it's it can be done yes i 100% agree it can be done um, and also, of- fuck a little bit about people being too sensitive, too, right? Sometimes you got to go out there and, like, say you're – so- ra- I would rather – I respect somebody who, like, puts it out there and says, this is what this was, and and it doesn't make excuses for it. Yes, but 
in the Hollywood machine, you don't just get to make a film because you think it should be made. You know what I mean? You do have to have like the big, you know, from I'm working a little bit on the development side right now. Um, and you know, the big question is, is why, why now? Yeah. You know, and especially now post pandemic, when budgets are being cut, there's like a high, there's already a high supply of content with a low demand. So they're very particular about what they're going to put out there. Um, maybe that'll change in five years and then you could have, you could be a little bit more, um, loosey goosey, but no, there's definitely, there's definitely a fine, there's a sweet spot you got to hit when you're pitching right now. I, I got it. Um, but then you don't have to fucking justify anything if you have like one viral video, like, like it's, it's such a, such a weird world where. Yes. If you go, if you already got the attention and they know that you already can put eyeballs on this thing. Because it's all about protecting investment for them. Um, anyways, let's we digress. Let's do go we back. do we let's, digress? Let's go back to the let's go back to the question of what about this spoke to who we were at that time. I mean, it's interesting because one of part of it spoke to who we are, while at the same time defined who we are. Right? You heard Sammy talking about last week. He was like, like the influence of Days to Confused, kind of a little bit, almost like pushed the validated our our existence or our, our approach to life to go like yeah fuck yeah and and glorified it a little bit and maybe you know probably got some people to smoke weed who maybe didn't um kind of said yes you know this is a fun this is fun let's live our lives for now um and all that stuff so so there's a little bit of a chicken or the egg um thing but but no if you look you know a lot of like just that idea of, oh, there's a there's this house party. We're all going to go to this house party, but then it gets busted up. And nobody, there's no cell phones, right? People just show up at the That's house so party. That's so fucking funny. It's so funny. You just show up. Yeah. You know, you know it's like Sammy talking about getting, getting arrested at the border and then being like, what do I do? I just got to. Oh, you broke up again. Sammy gets arrested at the border. Hold on. Sammy you got, got, you got, you broke up again. Gets, okay. You're my back. I don't know. Fuck Sammy you, gets a. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. No, you're fine. I'm kidding. Uh, it's because you haven't showered. Um, it's affecting the internet in your <laughs> in your place. You're so mean to me. Um, All I've done is give you a podcast, and you were going to withdraw so that you can be a, a famous actor <laughs> like Simone Biles. Go on. Um, so, whoa, that were you just? Let's not diminish Simone Biles's withdrawal. We'll get to that in a second. Here. I'm not diminishing it. I'm just conflating it. Okay. Um, you know, he has to like get a payphone, call people up. Their parents answer. He's driving door to door, knocking on doors, saying, hoping people come come to the door. Wow. It's just a different sort of. It's just a different sort of mentality. And then you got this sort of, well, they all hang out at that one place. Hey, if I know if I go here, I can get the information on where to go next. Um, party at the Moon Tower. Uh, everybody, yeah, just spread the word, you know. And there's no like, you can come, you can't come. It's just, no, get the word out. Everybody go to the Moon Tower. Right. Um, and then, And then also, you know, and I'm sure it's still present today, but just the dialogue really captured it too. Just the way people talk about things, you know, 
you know, really captured the sort of the, the stoner conversation of, you know, that the scene where Slater's going on about, you know, George Washington smoked oh, weed, man. So fucking funny. And Martha was there with the bull, you know, and just that that sort of sort of stupid uh, stupid conversation. Well, really, I think at the end of the day, the thing that can't be made about that film today is really the hazing. The hazing is just like the worst part of it. And I know that it's the impetus for the film, but like the humiliation that they put the kids through, it has been such a push culturally to like not do that in Mm -hmm. colleges, right? Um, But it's also a huge, so it's like, it's the 70s version of the 50s Animal House, of the 80s, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, so this is the 90s version of the 70s, and in the 80s, or in the 70s, they did the 50s. Animal House was all about hazing for college. You know what I mean? And, and we had some hazing. Um, we didn't. We have, all did. Yeah. I, do, I mean, I, the hazing I remember was, I think, in, in junior high. <laughs> I don't remember what it was exactly. It was definitely not no. like, like... Getting they, your ass paddled? No, it was definitely not that. But it was something to do with being on the bus and like, in our junior high was like seventh through ninth grade. High school, you started as a sophomore. Um, so the ninth graders would haze the seventh graders. This I remember, something to do on the bus. I don't remember what they made you do, but you kind of like had to like walk the plank to the back of the bus where the cool kids were. Um, I think I avoided it because my brother was a ninth mm. grader at the time and somehow I got a pass. I don't remember what the actual hazing was. I don't think it was too crazy and there was definitely not an, I don't think any hazing in in, in high school itself I mean school. and more than anything it was humiliating enough being a teenager in high school it, like hazing only would have made it worse you know for me it was hard enough to be a vulnerable kid in school that's all the humiliation I needed mm-hmm. here's my real question though here's the meat he's the here's the meat and the potatoes of the <laughs> episode well i have so many questions were you actually cool who were you in the film were you pink no did you think you were pink no no who no, did no. you who were you then in who that was film? i in that film who had who did you see yourself as i don't know if i actually was fully represented there um I mean, I probably fell more closer, generally speaking. I probably was, God, I probably was some weird combo. I mean, if you take pink and you take away the football, you take, oh, yeah, away, yeah, yeah. You take yeah. away the popular, you take away the girlfriends. Um, <laughs> and you, but you, but he has that sort of general likability and you mix him with the nerds. Um, you know, yeah, like you're Anthony somewhere, Rap and Pink or something. <laughs> somewhere in there, because I'm not, I'm not just as straight nerdy as the nerds. Although that would have probably, you know, what if you're, kind of, what if you're the kid and Pink? What if you're like the 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 14 year old? Are you him, like a total dork? No, you're not. Okay, I I was a lot like Sam. <gasps> What about Carl, like the blonde uh, middle schooler? Oh. Like the smart ass. <laughs> no, no. I don't think I – look, I don't think I was represented there. So, so if, you, if you look back to, to Sammy, like I was definitely not Sammy. Sammy transcended. But 
but he was able to mingle with everybody, right? As we talked so about. he's among the pink of the group. Yeah. But but mind you, Pink in the he's he's the football guy, right? He's popular. He's part of the popular crowd. Now, it, it, at our high school, you had the popular kids, like you know, the popular guy group, the popular girl group. Then you had this other group that I would call the sub-popular group. Mm. They were bigger than the than the other group. Everybody like so. I always used to say, the popular kids, everybody knows them and doesn't know if they like them or not. The subpopular kids, everybody knows them and likes them. Yeah. Yeah. And, Interesting. And, but, and the buds okay. were the subpopular group. Mm-hmm. And in my year, we had a subpopular group that I was friends with. Okay. I know all those guys. But I was a bit of a I was a bit of a roamer. I was friends with everybody. But that's kind of pink too. Pink in- encourages the geeky people to come to the party. You know what I mean? Any kids the the weird mm-hmm. kid to come like he he is the lynchman in the social echelons he even he still thinks Wooderson is okay you know what i mean like yeah so so maybe if you take away the the coolness the athleticism <laughs> and the and the two girls here's what you clothes. here's what you got you do have the good looks though i'll give you that you probably i don't know if you were cute in high school but if you were like were you cute in high school? I might have been, but I I remember uh, we've talked about this before. I was a I was a large kid in in elementary school. I started to burn it off in junior high. So by the time I went to high school, I wasn't as I Confident. still had I still had the mentality of girls don't like me. I had some I had some uh, residual residual trauma, and and I had experiences where like. There were girls that I liked, but I just did, I didn't think they liked me. And then I find out later they actually did. So here's my uh, sec. Here's another question that I have: uh-huh. Were people that obsessed with fucking like they are in the film? Oof. I like don't, I don't. I don't know. I'm sure there's some people, but yes, I'm sure there was some. But uh, yes. So yes so, and no. Yes and no. I mean, I, I yeah. I wasn't, sex but I also happened was a... in in my in middle like one couple had sex in middle school and that was everyone fucking knew and then like you, again I wasn't cool but like it's not like it was as I don't remember people being as obsessed or dudes talking as like about the muff like they are as much in the film I think well I think the 80s changed sex mm. um because of the the rise of AIDS and and the fear of sexually transmitted diseases, oh. I think it, there was a huge shift. Because look, you're coming. This is the '70s. You're coming out of the late '60s with the Summer of Love, where there's a lot of sexual exploration, and then things shifted in the '80s. God, that's so interesting. You know, yeah, uh, this is a horrible <laughs> example, but it's also kind of true. We have uh, Austin Powers, who's frozen and doesn't come back until. <laughs> The early 2000s, and he's trying to raw dog uh, Vanessa. What's her face? Like he's like, I want to have sex without a, or he has sex without a condom. And she goes, That's only for sailors, sailors or something. But like at the time when he was alive in the 60s, this wasn't a big deal. But now it is. So you have to wear a condom, not just for pro- procreation uh, stopping, but for for. I remember Magic Johnson. Showing kids how to put on a condom in, on Nickelodeon. <laughs> what an image. <laughs> no, it was unbelievable. 
<laughs> or or like he wasn't putting on a condom, but like the woman who who did the the news for for Nick, they were like showing how a condom goes on, and Magic Johnson's talking about AIDS next to her. <laughs> That's my first sexual brush. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I guess that's just the thing is, like, oh, here, let me ask you this in a different way. Just one, like, so, we're, did you get a lot of muffin college? Jesus. <laughs> Here's why I uh, asked. There's a no. real question. There's a real reason why I'm asking. Uh-huh. Were dudes okay. sexually crazed at that time? So, being not of the same sexual, nat- like, not being the same sex as you are, it's hard for me to understand, like, people thinking about sex like that. We thought about relationships, like, oh, my God, I want to date him. Or I want to go on a date. Like, but I didn't think about, like, let's fuck. But were people thinking that way in high school for you? Yes, certainly. Guys are always thinking about but that. But is that true? Well, whether or, not just... they fought, whether or not they follow through with it or not, guys, it's just, it's, yes. Now, look, I was, a, you know, I was raised in the church, so I, it took me a long time to shed the programming that I had of, like, no sex till marriage, you know, and then, mm-hmm. and then, you know, shedding that programming and, and, and all this stuff. And it took me a little bit longer than the average uh, kid Bear. Who, who would have, <laughs> who, who eventually sheds it, you know, cause not everybody does. Um, Truly, totally. And so I had, I actually had opportunities in high school that I turned down. Um, so, which was fascinating in hindsight. I was like, I don't know how I, how I did that, but then I still had sexual experiences, but not just didn't go all the way. You know what I mean? Totally. Um, but, but there was, I mean, uh, yes. I mean, I, I, I think there are high schoolers. There's a lot of sexual activity. I don't think, I don't think girls gave it up as much as maybe guys talked about them doing, you know what I mean? I see. That's interesting. You know, but there definitely was, sure. There was plenty of that happening, you know, um, like, I remember thinking, like, oh, based on everything I'm hearing, there's a lot of these girls have already had sex. And I find out later, like, oh, a lot of them haven't, you know. Um, so so it's a little, it's a mixed bag. It's a bit of a mixed bag. There's there's so much that I want to talk about, dazed and confused, that I don't even know what I want to talk about with dazed and confused. But I guess you rewatched it. What's your takeaway? Um. That, yeah, I think that it's, I think it's still a great film. And I think it's a fascinating film uh, in that there, there is no plot. <laughs> Nothing happens in this film. And yet it accomplishes, it, it, it like captures a moment in time. It captures people, uh, characters in a way that are relatable Yet they do some pretty shitty stuff. Yeah, they're not great. They're not great. What is I, this? Is this is my overall question? What is the moral of the story for that? Mm-hmm. For that uh, movie, just keep on living, man. Um, I mean, yeah, but that that just well, you just mean like what? What were they trying to say? I mean, that's basically what they're trying to say. The movie that, just like, ends pretty much and they're going to go get aerosmith tickets mm-hmm. and the fucking pink cheats on his girlfriend and is then just you know suffers it out with joey adams well which is i mean that's a fascinating thing unto itself that you would have a main character who is likable and who we do identify with um but 
is cheating on his girlfriend. Like that is like how you pull that off is, I mean, that's like, you're, you're breaking all the writing rules right there. So it's fascinating that it, it does get pulled off. And part of it for me was like, well, that kind of just that thing that happened, right? That was a thing that happened in high school. Your relationships weren't at, weren't as long lasting or as deep. So things like that did happen. So um, they did a good, Linklater did a good job of making you like him enough that you for you forgave that, you know, and you kind of was like, oh yeah, high school is tough and trying to understand your feelings and your relationships and yada yada. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, also we didn't deal with Joey Adams' character enough to see that she was great, that he shouldn't have cheated on her either. We just saw that he wasn't a hundred percent. He didn't Which have. Which is a like, shame because feeling. I love, I love that actress. She's so cute. She's so cute. Um, yeah. Chasing Amy. She's also in Mallrats and um, and she. So it's 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 it is a shame because we could have gotten more of her. But we also we think we're gonna love the girl that Jody or something. So Jody's the girlfriend that he stays with. I think um, we think he's gonna get no, with Simone that other chick. Oh yeah, we yeah. get. We think he's gonna get with the other chick because like she's like everything you can imagine all around American nice. She's also the protagonist. You know what I mean? Or she's like the other chick who says nice to kids too. It's re- it's very interesting. Um, but and and that character, the pink character, gets along with everybody, and the coaches are riding his ass about this shit. And he like he's like fuck you guys like you know he like kind of shifts it gives them the shit shaft at the end of the film, and then they just go get Aerosmith tickets. It's not okay. So here's here's a couple of things, right? Okay, so, all right. You enlighten me about this let, film. Let me break this down just a little bit. So the the nerds in here are kind of like your window into the writer's perspective. If you kind of pay attention to what they're talking about the whole time. They get like overly intellectual, but what they're talking about is like, hey, we've been living our whole lives preparing for tomorrow. What about living for today? Mm. Right. And they get into that a lot. Um, and and I think, you know, a lot of times a writer will pick a character to be the, the audience's window in. And I think they are your window in. Um, then you have like Matthew McConaughey's character spewing philosophy all the time. I mean, let's get let's 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 put aside you know, I love We're high school girls. philosophy? Okay, great. Okay, yeah. great. But at the end, you know, he's just talking about, you know, it's just, it's about living, man. You know, the, you know, they, they keep trying to put rules on you, but you, it's, that's not going to stop. Like you think this is just like, oh, you're, you're, you know, this is a, this is an annoying situation with your football coach. No, this is life. They're going to keep trying to put rules on sure, you. Sure. Yeah. You know totally, what I mean? Totally. But you just got to keep living. You just totally. got to keep being yourself and doing your thing. Right, and but we don't o- know. Fucking Wooderson's thing is fucking driving around in a charger and picking up chicks. That's well, his thing. he's not the model life. I mean, like, look, they're all. <laughs> so, but we're supposed to be taking advice from this man. Yes, but it doesn't mean we're supposed to live our life like him. I don't know. The kid then goes and buys beer, spouting his words off. <laughs> Just, I don't know who to believe. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I'm dashing your your. The I'm giving, you breaking this down for you. The opening image okay. and the closing image of a film are very important, and something that we don't oh. unless you're like analyzing it, you probably don't think about it. it. Usually, just kind of hits you. It just affects you emotionally or whatnot. The opening image is a car driving through the high school parking lot to slow ride. 
Okay. So it's coming into school. It's coming now. It's the last day of school, but it's coming into school. It's the sort of the system and the structure of what their lives are. And then the final image, right. Is them after having just saying F you, I'm going to play by my own rules and either you want me or you don't. Uh It's them in a car driving and the final shot is a PO view from the car looking at an empty road ahead. And what song is playing? Slow Ride. Right? So they're bookending it. They've gone from the constraints of society to making their own path. All in 24 hours. All in 24 hours. Right? All, the only thing, tie, the only plot tying this thing together is will he or will he not sign this piece of paper, right? And then other, and the other plot is, is where are we going to party? <laughs> yeah, 100, 100%, 100% is where we're going to party. Yeah. Right? Do, so, is, do they, is he not just smoking pot, but also dropping acid? Who, Slater? Slater is no. dropping acid, right? Possibly. So, he talks about acid at some point. I don't know, but I don't know if you, you know whether he's... Or is pink, pink isn't doing that either. Not that I'm aware of. I don't know unless I, I missed I, something. I, I couldn't tell because like a couple other guys smoked pot. A couple of other football guys smoked pot. Yeah, they all smoked pot. But but that's but they were riding him for hanging out with a different crew who probably did harder drugs, right? Is that kind of what? Yeah. I, am I wrong yeah. about that? Yeah. Well, yes, and I mean, like that was part of it. Like maybe a couple of them smoked weed, but they. The football players, you know, they were still like, yeah, they, you know, showing up to practice, all-American, tough guy type mentality. Whereas, you know, Slater and I don't know what Matthew McConaughey's character is, you know, these guys, they're more like smoking weed and, and fucking around. And they don't, you know, they're not going to, they're going to, they literally are going to do things by their own, by their own book. And so that is the, that is the, 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 don't hang out with those guys crowd. I would love to say that I would have had a crush. None of these guys would have wanted me, by the way, because I had no self-esteem whatsoever. But I would have loved to I would love to say that I had I would have had a crush on Pink, but I think I would have had a, a crush on the guy that asked if I would spit or swallow. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> that guy? The most misogy- misogynistic guy in yeah, the entire a, film. A hundred percent. The guy who I felt was the only problematic character in this whole film. That's we fantastic. all know that guy. We all know him. But you would have had a crush on him. A hundred percent. Please, oh like, God. please treat me like shit, daddy. Um, well, I'm not regretful that I watched it. I think I'm going to give you homework where you have to watch um, my party film. Oh, sure. I, yeah. All right. I need- uh, and I just lost the name of it. Uh, no. What is it? Jennifer Love Hewitt. You might have seen it. Have you seen what the fuck is this film? God damn it! Oh, I it's not. I, I know. Think I might know that. You probably I think do. I maybe I have it's seen a long time Jennifer, ago. Jennifer Love Hewitt, Seth Green, can't hardly wait. Yeah. Yes. This is so. Isn't this so like Valley, Los Angeles? So it's so yours is early '90s, and this is late 90s and I, it is it is valley los angeles there's but, but so this many is of similar the 90s. so many similar tropes yeah it is of the 90s but really it re, i think it really encapsulates the burgeoning of the early 2000s 
I, I think you're right. I think you've picked the right film. And I remember watching it, thinking all those things. So I'm excited to rewatch it. There's and... a couple things that I remember that are, are like not even just problematic, but like you like wrong. Um, but putting that aside as like thinking, thinking something that was humili- humiliating, which really shouldn't be humiliating. I remember in that film. Um, but also there's some really, there's also another, there's a redhead trope in there too. It's really, really funny question. My final question for, uh, Dazed and Confused. Does Matthew McConaughey's character stay with the redhead for the rest of his life? No. Oh, but he wants to take her to the Aerosmith concert in three weeks. That's a commitment. Yes, but she's going to go off to college. It's not even about him, really. It's about her. She's going to go and look, she's going to go off to college. She's smart. She's going to have a nice, she's going to get a great degree and have a nice career. And this is going to be an experience with this guy that she's going to remember. And it's, you know, it's part of her sort of, um, you know, maturation process or the journey she goes on or the experience that shapes who she is down the road. But no, I no. take it back. I would want to fuck Matthew McConaughey. Yes, of course take it back i mean i also would like to you don't want that that other dude i do i i liked i liked the class clown guys i liked a couple football players um but not like but they were also not nice a couple couple of them were kind of cute but not like the quarterback guys uh they were like super like not even on like i don't think i ever spoke to any of those guys there was a couple guys who was like maybe sat next to that were in football that were cute but I liked the I like the jerky funny guys, and then I liked the older guys. I always liked the older guys. Mm. Mm-hmm. I remember crying over a couple of older guys. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of tears. Lots of tears. Can I ask you a question? Oh God, yeah. I just want to know. I mean, you already said like your sort of general impression of of Sammy. I'm just curious. What was your sort of takeaway from last week's conversation? Interesting. What do you want me to say, Nick? I don't know. You know what I feel like? This is what I feel like. Okay. Do you think I'm just being nice and pretending to like Sammy? Is that what you're trying to get me to say? No, no, that's not what I'm talking about. Um, strangely, it's more, it's, I think it's maybe more self-centered than that. Um, I'm curious, uh, like that conversation last week with Sammy is very just sort of quintessential who I am. And it's a part of me that maybe you didn't, I've known you for years. You probably didn't know about days and confused. I've talked about it's like, oh, that speaks to like my mm-hmm. soul. You know, people who, like I said, like people who a lot of a lot of people listened to that podcast last week and literally like, thank you, Nick, for doing that. Meaning, like, thank you for for letting us go down memory road. Totally, totally. You know what I mean? So, but I don't necessarily like. You know, I don't carry like my sort of upbringing around with me. Um, as a as a human being, right? Right, like, right, right, right. So, do you, did you find any deeper insight based on all of that? Oh. Is there anything there? Maybe maybe it's the it's the you don't know Nick part, right? Like, what did, did you learn something about Nick? <laughs> and I know I'm making it about me, but I think it maybe maybe transcends. I, I think I've said this, but I, I don't have a problem saying this super clearly. Um, one of the the joys of doing this podcast with you is getting to know you better. One of the joys of doing heartbeats 
with you was getting to like play games with you and and like our chemistry and stuff like that on camera was really very fun so it's been really awesome um to think someone that i think is as cool as you are to think that you want to be friends with me feels good um i but also it's been kind of fun uh, like one of the great mysteries in life and we we misunderstand this in high school is like we every, we think people are like out of our league or they wouldn't like me or they don't think I'm cool or whatever. That's at least how the lens with which I looked through things. And then you realize like life's the great equalizer, right? And no one's better than anybody. And if someone still thinks that they're better than you, then that person can go fuck themselves. But still, sometimes we look at other people and go, God, they're so cool. And and I know you felt that about me. So I'm just really trying to (laughs) (laughs) tell you it's okay to, you know, put me not on that pedestal. Um, But also, uh, even though you were my teacher to begin with, I knew that we got along like buddies got along. Like you locked me out of the school, the classroom once. I fucking fucked with you so much in our class. You taught us rom-com, improv rom-com. And I remember basically questioning everything you said as a joke. I, I do remember that and going like, so they definitely knew that we could be friends, but it's been a nice a, I'm still interested in learning more about you. I think that's what makes this podcast interesting is that I'm learning more about you. I think you're – it's kind of – I have a hard time accepting that I'm interesting sometimes, even though I know I am. But it's like – but I have to give myself the credit of also being worthwhile. Um, it was exciting to – one of your like improv philosophies is – uh, unpack you talk about like unpacking unpack the suitcase don't open five suitcases unpack the suitcase or take a step and expand that step don't take another step and create a narrow stairway so it felt like you were just expanding your universe so my understanding of you grew so when and when you already care for somebody that that can only get better right so i think it, it just uh it just expanded my care and interest about you oh cool cool you didn't find any deeper truths? Isn't that a deeper truth? Did I not just, did I not just like really get bare at all? What the fuck? What more do you want? What, what is you, what insecure thing are you looking for me to? No, 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 stop. I guess, no, no, first off, I want to say that it, that no, is, uh-uh, that... I don't want it. Uh-uh. <laughs> no. My deeper truth is that you're super insecure. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I, go ahead. I, no. So first off, yes, yes to everything you Whatever, said. Whatever, dude. No, I, I yes fine. to yes to the idea, not the idea. Yes to the experience of getting to know each care. other better. I yeah, I, I. For those who you who don't know, Heartbeats is a is a show we did that that uh, Jess uh, created and directed. Um, you can see it online. You should go watch it. Um, and all of this experience uh, has, you know, brought us together in a way that's been awesome. Clearly, we enjoy being uh, around each other or else we wouldn't be spending so much time together. So yes to all of that. And I think this is the last thing I'll say. And it's something that it's something that I'm trying to understand. And I think this is kind of where I was what I was trying to get with. I think one of the things I learned last week is I had always thought that those experiences that we had back in high school were like, oh yeah, that was, 
that was going on for years. Like, you know, people partied in El Paso, like partied in Juarez all the time. And that was just a thing that was going on. And on this passing out these flyers to go to these drink and drowns and multi yada yada, which is a thing that happened. I'm coming to realize that I don't think it ha- it was. I think, yes, people have been going to Juarez for years for partying. I mean, long time. I talked to my older brother, Greg. I was like, what was it like for you? And yeah, people went, but they didn't necessarily have the same sort of drink and drowns. They didn't necessarily have flyers going around. The structure that you, you guys had. I think that there is a pocket in time that we were a part of that existed in this space and time and not before, not after in such a way. And is, and isn't, and I, I want to understand, you know, for those who experienced it at that time, it was, it's very special. You can see people got pumped about this, about listening to it and having that experience. So I want to get to like, what is it? What was it that, that we got from that experience or, or what, or what is the essence of that? Um, like you heard Sammy talk about like, oh, well, yeah, this other group was making flyers. So then we started making flyers and then it went from, mul- you know, so it went from mul- one bar to multiple bars. And it's just like something happened at that time. Where yeah. It just catapulted. A convergence of it. You know? I, and, and honest to God, I, I, so if you're thinking about it in that way, the a takeaway that I have is how did these kids party so much and still show up to school? Like really – it's it's hard to imagine that much intake of of a substance and still be functional. Um, like it, one of the film, one of the parts of the films that made me sad last night was a that like I don't have the drive to party anymore, and it's so much fun to party. Uh, I I can I can put it back, you know, and I used to be able to. I w- I would ascribe myself as a binge drinker more than an alcoholic. So like if I'm gonna drink. I'm going to drink a lot and I don't ever black out because I usually get sick before that point. But like on 4th of July, I got really drunk and I just, cause I had not drunk in a long time and I'm a socializer and like, but I also don't have that drive to like get crunk anymore. And those kids are fucking baked. <laughs> and so if you guys were how, like that's, that's, the, I still don't have. Watching the, the film, I could, I could. I had this sort of sense memory of tasting the beer, and tasting it, in, and with the air of El Paso, like also like the smell of it, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's still there for me." And yeah. I remember the experience of like, like such a, you know, it just brings back, like, just shoots off so many endorphins and brings back so many memories. Um, and, and 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 nostalgia is not to be um, under underappreciated because it's such a huge thing that connects us all even if we're good or bad in our experiences i would say the sweet the weed smoking 100 percent brought me back to a time in my life that i will never get back to that it I, I, that makes me sad i won't but i'm also like can't smoke weed ever again i've just made that decision unless i am a, a millionaire and then i could just sit in a house and everything all of my problems were okay but we smoked so much weed and it was so much fun um and and that's that's I could smell that when they were in the car smoking weed. Mm. Mm-hmm. Nick, we've talked so much about this that I don't know we can have if we can have the rest of the rest of the podcast about other things. We do have to talk about other things though, so we will. 
Let's do it. Okay. And this isn't the end. Like we'll say, I'm sure we'll get another buzz. No, this is the this is the this is the final uh, podcast we're ever gonna have because I was way too vulnerable with you and I'm ashamed. (laughs) So now, (laughs) fuck. We need to talk about Simone just a little bit. (coughs) I'm fine. Don't worry. What what happened to Simone Biles? Well, maybe not everybody knows this, but last week uh, we released a deep dive, our first deep dive on our Patreon, and it ended up being about mental health. And so it's yes. fascinating that this is happening now, because to me, this is this is a mental health uh, issue or situation or however you want to however you want to frame it. This is a case of mental health coming to the forefront. And these, these experiences fascinate me, the power of the mind and, and what the mind can do to like, uh, like a, a superior physical body, right? And we've seen this in other sports. I, I look at Tiger Woods as an example that I've seen where, you know, you have this person who's like at the top of his game, like phys- a, a physical specimen beyond any golfer we've ever seen. And then, and what we then his whole his whole life world, implodes. Yeah, his whole life implodes, and his mind, his ego is shattered, and he doesn't win for ten years. Right. I mean, right? there was after yeah. that, and there's some physical stuff there too. It's you know, but what can like the power of the mind? And I think for Simone, look, no one can say for certain exactly what's going on inside her head, and. And rightly so, it should be a private thing between her and her people and her team. But from my understanding, something was going on where she was not grounded. She was not, you know, she was not in a mental state where she could do the things that she's normally capable of doing in a safe and effective way. Um, so I think. I remember learning this again to talk about improv, your class, but I think Joe McGinley was um, subbing for us. And it was our first introduction uh, introduction, <laughs> introduction to Second Circle with her. At least it was for me because the first time I was being taught by her. And she teaches, um, what's the bitch's name? The, te- the person who writes. Oh, Patsy Rodenberg. Patsy Rodenberg, uh, who has different, different books that other people have used for different applications uh, and we use it for improv teaching you how to be both present and um accepting like giving and accepting you want to be in this perfect second circle place between three circles of giving and accepting pretty yeah. much yeah being being in the moment and bo- and having an equal weight between receiving and sending and one of the things she talked about in order to like illustrate that in in this really quick version of it was talking about olympic athletes and how it's so important that they're in the zone in their own version of second circle and when an athlete is not in quote-unquote mental health it's so insidious that they sometimes remove those athletes from their team or the group or the other competitors so that their negativity doesn't infect other athletes. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
and I, I think about that all the time about how it's kind of is it, I think about it all the time and I think it's interesting it's hard for me not to think that that might be going on with Simone that like something's bringing her down and that can be it, it no matter what the decision for her to withdraw is going to have an impact on that team because she's also I don't know that you can name another person that is uh as vibrantly out in the world as our American competitor right now as like it used to be Phelps right um and right this, now it's this, Simone Biles. Yeah, this Olympics is all Simone Biles, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. you can't not factor that into what she must have been through. I mean, totally. when, I, when, I heard, when I heard Olympics, my first thought was like, ooh, Simone Biles. Totally. You know? I'm also a huge and it's very possible, women's gymnastics fan. But. Same. And it's possible this is her last, her last Olympics, too, based off of her age. She could, maybe she might have one more in her. Um, but it's a huge decision to be there and then decide to not compete after you know what i mean that that's a fucking gigantic decision and uh i'm sure a lot there's a lot of theories do people make her uh not but we have to we have to hope she is not competing of her own volition that she's making the best choice for herself and i'm sure it's not a choice that's easy to come by for sure no, I, I mean, in everything that I've read about it, it sounds like this is a this is a decision that she made, and I think she consulted with her with her medical staff to to decide the best course moving forward. Um, but yeah, my understanding of what happened, and, then, and maybe by now, everybody time everybody hears this, that they will have already known. This will be a couple of days removed from it. Um, is that you know on her first vault, she you know she could have done a super difficult vault. She already mm-hmm. chose to to lessen its difficulty because mm-hmm. you know where she you know she said some missteps in 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 the trials and in the qualifiers, which is amazing. She had missteps in the qualifiers, but still was the top scorer in many of the events, amazing. which just shows how ridiculous um, of an athlete she is. Yeah. yeah, and and then when she went to do this lesser difficult vault, when in the air she didn't even complete the vault. And it looks like you thought, oh, well, she just, she did, but she just took a big step at the end. She was supposed to do a two and a half twist. She did a one and a half twist. Wow. And she said she lost herself in the air, which I guess is something that happens to gymnasts. So she kind of had a sort of, you know, she left her body. She left, you know, in a sense, not in a sort of- She's not present. She's not present within it because there's something going on with her that took her out of that and with and you know a lot of people talk about this with the high high degree of difficulty of the work that she does she's and she's if she's in that mental state she's literally putting herself in physical danger a hundred one million percent let's let's take a snapshot back to 1996 with carrie shrug who needed to vault in order to win the all-around and she fucking hurts her ankle and now there's a question of should she have even done the last vault, but she hurt herself and the coach was like, you can do it. You can do it. And she is in the zone and performs flawlessly now then destroys her ankles. <laughs> but it's a, there's an argument to be made that she was present still and could perform. And so she was in her zone and Simone Biles could have hurt herself if she pushed past that. And Carrie Strug did, but, 
could mentally focus on getting the job done and then broke down. Mm-hmm. I'm not yeah. saying either one is a good, better approach, but if you were like to go back, I watched, I rewatched the 96, some of like the best highlights recently. Cause I was like, how, how old was I? Probably eight or nine when that shit's coming out. And like these kill, these girls are killing it. There's fucking slang, which ends up leading our country to like just absolutely be fa- fascinated with the, especially the women's gymnast uh, competitions. There's a lot. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure, and it's okay to to say that you can't handle it. It's totally okay. Yeah, and I, you know, she says, you know, that part of the decision was she could see that she could potentially be bringing down the team. So mm-hmm. she wanted to withdraw herself to not hurt the team, mm-hmm. you know, and, I, and I've heard some criticism out there from questionable sources that are like, how could she do that to her team? How could she leave them hanging? Um, well, you don't know. I mean, she could be right that she could, you know, her score on the vault did bring the team down. Um, but that's and, only- and that's again, that's why I referred to earlier, Joe McGinley talking about how she she probably is doing the best thing by removing herself if she's got a lot going on because that is emotional and negativity weight and again like now i'm not saying she's a negative force but if she's got a lot going on and it's weighing on her she's gonna hurt herself it could affect other people and it's and it could it, it i would actually be re- i'm really interested to see if the team will do better or how the team will do now that she's decided to remove herself it's really interesting it's really fascinating yeah, well, um, as we said in our deep dive last week. Oh, yeah. Uh, what did we say teaser, in our deep dive? The mind is a relational process. It doesn't just exist within ourselves, right? It relates to those around us. And, and our mind affects, is affected by and affects other people. Mm. Mm. Um, well, she, she, as of now, she has withdrawn herself from the all-around. So she's no longer going to do the all-around. Uh, and it's still questionable, which is going to be on Thursday. We're filming, we're recording this on Wednesday. People will hear this at the earliest Friday. Um, so, so that's interesting that she's made that choice. I, it just probably just has not going to be enough time for her to get herself in the mental space she needs to get to, to, to get there. And she will not, so she will not do the all around, but she still yet to decide whether or not she will do the individual events. She has not made that decision yet. It's tough tough well but, at the end of the day no matter what i super congratulate her for being brave enough to even talk about it openly and honestly it's, it's a it's going to be it's a huge leaves a huge impression on people and future athletes to know that their mental health is as much a part of their physical health and performance as anything else it's important well that that is something that this generation is is i you know kind of leading the charge on right is you know um Naomi Osaka, the tennis player, right? Is that her name? You know? uh, uh, oh, yeah. No, 100%. There was like some fucking asshole on Twitter who had this goddamn hot take who criticized her for not being cool and okay to answer three questions on a podium, and but, but good enough to run in the torch. Some fucking piece of shit hot taker. But it's going to take people – it's going to take people bold enough – to take that heat and say, no, I'm going to put my, my own mental health first um, in order for people to start understanding that, oh, okay, no, this, this is, um, this is a serious issue. Um, 
and I get it, you know, you have like an older generation being like, wow, we just sucked it up and that was just what it was. Um, well, yeah, but were you better off for it? <laughs> you know, I don't know. Sometimes, yes. Some like the, this is not equ equitable by any stretch of the imagination. But as adults, we're often tired and I go do something that I'm tired. I don't want to do it. I'm tired a lot I, to the point where like I've checked to see if I'm anemic. I don't I, I get very tired very easily. But I never remember the thing that I went to and I was tired. And I never remember being tired because I pushed past it and went, oh, I'm going to go to that party or I'm going to go to my friend's house. I had a great time. Might have been tired, but I don't go, man, I was really tired that night. I don't think about that. And, and it's a version of pushing past it. We used to, as a society, go into work when we were sick. And now hopefully that changes. You know, like my father was proud of himself to take a shower and get get to work that day. You know, uh, sometimes it's good to like push ourselves to the brink, but burnout's right around the corner. So I don't know how much it benefits us at the end of the day. Yeah, and the mind is no joke. I mean, you know, we Oh no, we is it not? Well, we could do a deep dive into the ego at some point and Ooh, I look how, forward to that. How seemingly strong it is yet yet fragile. And then this is, you know, example of of how fragile it can be. I mean, I think again, I go back to Tiger Woods. His ego was huge. Huge. And, you know, he's and to the point where he's got girlfriends, uh, you know, and he's on top of the world, you know, cheating on his wife. Girlfriends, and, I know. Well, I mean, like, that's an, that's an ego feeder, right? Like, oh, all these, 100%. Women, all these women love me. I'm the best golfer there is. I'm, you know, yada, yada. And then when that reality comes crashing down, what is he left with, right? Ego just shatters and there's nothing left and you've got to rebuild, right? If you don't have the foundation under it, you're going to fall. And if you don't have the sort of skills or the, the, um, the experience or, you know, which most people don't, we don't teach this, which is why mental health, uh, awareness is, you know, is, is one of the new frontiers of things that people need to start paying attention to so that we can now, just because we can start teaching it at a younger age, doesn't mean it's going to el eliminate mental health issues. I think what Simone Biles was dealing with goes well beyond anything that we can imagine um you know you can't just say like oh she she just didn't have it no she you know she is representing american olympics she's what everybody's focusing on she's doing all these interviews going in and not to mention she's coming off of childhood trauma and she is the, the and she and i saw like interviews where she was like willing to talk about it and like putting her putting herself out there and that childhood trauma is there. Um, and, you know, you can't not let, you can't not factor that in. I wonder because of the doctor that went to jail for the abuse of the gymnasts, I wonder if there's an aspect of that that's affecting the gymnasts because they the news and the, the coverage can't not talk about that before they talk about other things. And Simone Biles was a victim, if I remember correctly. And I'm sure, as we all know, trauma and uh, abuse hangs over like a dark cloud and you do not know how that 
surfaces itself. And in order to like absolve themselves or handle it or, or like there's been a lot of talking of moving on, quote unquote, these people were abused. This man hurt a hundred hundreds of girls. And and I even know of a friend who is young and abused by her trainer who she was a gymnast. Like this is a it can't just be that man. You know what I mean? So I'm not assuming that this man has that much impact and is a folk affecting Simone Biles, but I can't I can't help but wonder if by talking about it a lot, it's giving him uh, a platform to for them to think about it in a get you know in a way that they hadn't in a while. Well, what, what's interesting? A couple things. One, I read an article about where Simone Biles was talking about like she was she what one of the things that she was feeling was like she was doing the Olympics for other people and not for herself. That's mm. the, that's like a feeling that was mm. coming up for her. Like maybe she thought I coming that. maybe she thought coming in that she was doing it for herself, but she was that was a feeling that so. Like this that's a that's a disconnect right from your 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 personal you know, you know your personal state to your actions but totally. then i also i saw an interview you know she sat down for an interview where she was you know willing and open to talk about the abuse and she said like one of the reasons she wanted to come here was to show everybody that an abuse survivor can still succeed Right. 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 So that tells me, oh well, that's that's her doing it for other people, still, mm. right? Which is an important cause and really admirable and and super, you know. I'm cynical though too because let's just add in, especially because this is a a a, a worldwide platform. They're always looking for the human story. So who is her PR that's saying this is why you're doing it? There's so that this woman is in commercials. She is the face of so much. Like I'm cynical with when it comes to this stuff, and I wonder if there aren't people who are going, okay, don't forget to talk about this. Uh, it, totally again, sure. it, it's probably all encompassing the fact that um, there's so many things that she feels pressure on, not only just for herself. Probably. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. I mean, I, I was a bit surprised when I saw that, not, not that, not that I was surprised of, of that point of view, but like that in the, in the midst of all of this intense pressure that she would sit down for this interview. Um, but they do it. They, they're, they have cameras on them the entire road to the Olympics too. Mm -hmm. NBC Peacock has like the gymnasts. I don't think Simone's in it, but like the gymnasts, journey to be on the nationals and like these these people are entertainment for us you know and that's not to be taken lightly we and, have so much to talk about and, wrap up your thoughts and then we're going to go to a crypto corner i mean i think we talked about it I, I you know i'm just such a huge fan of her and i know it, i mean just also the, just to throw on top of it you know the fact that they were not going to give her the amount of points that her difficulty uh, level required because she was just too good. Like, is that what they said? I didn't know that. Oh yeah, did you not know that? No, no, they were not. No. Like her, her athleticism was too good that they were not gonna. They they maxed out her difficulty points to make it to make it more fair and also to like because it's so dangerous to do what she does to discourage others from trying. What and the absolute fuck? 
right? That's bullshit. That's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Bullshit. Bullshit. Sorry, I'm pissed now. Nick. I don't know Crypto Corner. So Crypto Corner. Crypto Corner. Getting on that roller coaster. Oh, yeah. that, That got you? No, you I remember. Gonna, I was gonna. I was, oh, was that? Crypt, wait, crypto did we use that corner. Gonna learn that. I'm gonna get that Bitcoin. I've so since so, so I have to edit the the episodes, I have to, like I remember a few parts, and sometimes I'll re-listen. And that's so that's why Crypto Corner was your rap. But then yeah, that that is the tune, yeah. But then you continued it, and so you kind of remembered how you continued. Oh no! I know it's it's crypto corner, and then something something. Gonna get that Bitcoin. Something like that. So I tried to make roller coaster work, and it didn't. That that's what I'm talking about. I'm self deprecating. On that roller coaster. On that roller coaster. Doesn't quite work, right? Doesn't quite fit the the meter. Um, doesn't quite okay. rhyme. Here we go. Crypto corner. <laughs> Crypto corner. <laughs> Riding that roller coaster. We're still going to make roller coaster work. Okay. It kind of worked better this time. Yeah, that's true. Crypto corner. Going to ride that roller coaster. Rolling with the crypto. <laughs> 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 so now look, uh, crypto's, oh. crypto's been in this sort of Serious. this sort of up and down range, uh-huh. right? So uh-huh. back in May, it was up at as high at like sixty three thousand Bitcoin. I'm talking about here. By the way, there's a thing called Bitcoin dominance, where as Bitcoin moves, the rest of the market moves. So when Bitcoin drops, everything else drops. When Bitcoin goes up. Everything else goes up. Interesting. So it's because when I would hear Bitcoin dominance, it would make me think uh, it's going to be the breakaway and it's going to dominate. But it what it's doing is is actually sort of affecting um, change on all of the crypto currencies. Yes, and there was a while there when it was at it when the whole market was at its all time highs, where actually Bitcoin dominance dropped. And Ethereum dominance was the name of the game. And so Ethereum, uh, I don't know if you follow Ethereum, but it's basically in terms of crypto would be your sort of number two in, um, in, in terms of you know, market cap or, or, or big products or big um, technologies. So anyways, at, and it was really overtaking Bitcoin, um, not in overall price, but in terms of growth and and percentage and everything else was kind of following ethereum and it was going through the cycle so bitcoin has its dominance ethereum then has its dominance and then the altcoins which is basically everything else was about to start taking off and doing their own thing when the crash happened and everything just dropped and literally this was a couple weeks ago right this was a couple months ago i'm going back to may here so okay. this was a couple of months ago when Bitcoin was at sixty three thousand. Currently, Bitcoin and we'll get there, but currently Bitcoin's hovering at forty thousand. But that is a high that it's been for what's been the last you know month or or two at this point. 
Um, so it crashed down. Everything crashed. Uh, it went below support. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that funny? It's just, I love that you're learning. You're using your words. You're learning your new, you're learning your new investment I'm not words. your daughter. <laughs> no, be- no. And I'm sorry if that sounds patronizing, but uh, I, I, it's not, it wasn't meant to be. It was, uh, uh, I just love hearing you say it's gone below support. <laughs> Can you tell me what support means? So, yeah, no, 100% I meant to, to be funny, but also <laughs> educational. This is how I learn, Nick. Mm. Um, uh, so it, so uh, it, <laughs> there's a level where we think it's not going to cross. And then and then it goes below that. And then yes. it loses support. <laughs> yes, yes, there you go. Very good. <laughs> like uh, me losing support of my family if I you know, were to go into the sex industry probably yes yes just to stay on topic yes of course okay <laughs> i mean i mean i really almost lost the support of my family <laughs> when i talked about anal beads yes but i didn't fully well and that's kind of what bitcoin's been doing it's been hitting <gasps> this low support uh with, up, with the anal beads with the and it, boy for a lot of people it feels like they're getting <laughs> anal beads shoved up there Anal beads are supposed to be wonderful. It's oh, not a, right. it's not a bad experience unless you're not used to them. I would imagine, or you know? not using them delicately. That area is very sensitive, and you have to warm into it. Yeah. Otherwise, you can do damage to your lover. It's a great analogy, right? Because if you just shove it in there, it's going to be <laughs> you're like, what is going on? But if you just like Bitcoin, if you like go, no, no, this is crypto. This is what happens. It goes up. It goes down. <gasps> when, it, when it drops. And it goes, you lose 50% of its value. You're like, cool, I guess I'll just ride the ride. (laughs) It hurts so good. Um, So anyways, and it dropped, it broke many support levels along the way Mm -hmm. to to dropping all the way down to maybe like 32,000. Okay. And for like the last, I think maybe two months, it's been kind of in this range of, you know, the low 30s to the high 30s, right? It can't really break the resistance mark above around 40,000. And it's not really going below 31,000. Um, so, like, you can't push pa- the enol beads past a certain point until you hit a resistance. Uh huh. Right? Uh-huh. It's like, oh, wait, this also, that's a different intestine. Uh-huh. Then- <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're really <laughs> listen. Oh. I don't know that. I think we're cornered the crypto market of <laughs> this metaphor. So I'm riding the roller coaster uh-huh. to to uh, anal beat town. So yeah. So you hit a certain point where like that's as bad as far as that that sucker that's, can go. That's gonna go. Yes. Okay. Got it. Uh, but then you know you don't want to pull them all the way out, right? <laughs> So that's the support, right? You get to the end, you're like, just we're just gonna leave it right there. <laughs> um, that would be our thirty thousand, thirty one thousand. Oh, oh, okay, okay. okay. So uh, hold, been... uh, hold, uh, hold, hold, hold. You're hold it, hold it. Hoddle, hoddle, hoddle there. Hoddle. Okay, hoddle there. Sure. Um, well, that's what you can call support, right? If you have enough people who are hodling at that price, that's mm-hmm. what creates support. Mm-hmm. When you got enough people who are not going to sell at that price or who are going to kind of going to hold it there um but doesn't mean it's going to last forever uh, that's how you break support so anyway so it's been in this range and it start you know every now and then people are like oh as it goes up is it going to break 40 um and it was it was kind of right in the middle i think maybe a little bit high in the higher 30s when then 
all of a sudden, like two weeks ago, it just started to just drop, just a steady decline, just straight down and down and down. Before you know it, it hits that 30K and it breaks it. They pulled the beads out and it dropped below 30K. And it shit on everyone. It's pretty hard <laughs> on everyone. And people are shitting their pants because they're mm. watching this and they're like, oh my gosh, how low is this going to go? Right. Mind I'm, you, I'm loving this. Loving yeah, this. A year ago at this time, I mean, I don't know. We have to look up the numbers, but it was what, maybe 10K, maybe below 10K. So, you know, it's it's amazing that it's even at 30K at all, um, that it, you know, could triple in a year. Um, but for what people have seen, this is, you know, this is cringeworthy. Then all of a sudden, Jess, out of, no, out of nowhere, this thing, this this thing just shoots its wad and it goes <laughs> it goes from like 27 28k wherever it was up to 35k in in like an hour Maybe. i read i'm reading the fifth book of dune right now i don't know what you know about dune or what you care about dune but I, we can i know that i should know dune but i like, don't know no dune one should i know no well, one should i haven't know seen the movie and then there's a new movie coming out i had the same thing with um Marvel? <laughs> Not well, yeah, with Marvel. No, what was the other, the, oh God, what was the other remake they did of a classic movie that they probably didn't need to remake? Blade Runner. I oh, they didn't saw. make a remake. It was a, oh, a it sequel. Was a sequel. You're and right, people it liked it. No, I'm not saying it was bad. It was another situation where it's like, oh, I can't go watch this until I watch the first one. Which people argue one. that you can okay. now, but I'm in a similar position. I haven't watched Blade Runner since I was a kid, so I don't remember it. So I want to watch it and then go watch that one. I'm I'm in a similar uh, – it's funny because it's also an 80s film, right? Um, <laughs> my point is I'm so deep into the, the anal beads analogy of Dune right now. I'm in the fifth book and – uh, the, it's pretty sandy, right? Depending on which book you're in, yes. Okay. And this one was talking about um, – it was a particularly sexy scene. Mm -hmm. And the writer, Frank Herbert, described the shooting your wad as slapping – she felt the slap of his ejaculation oh. inside, inside of her. <laughs> pretty pretty interesting graphics. And then, yep. and, then he, and then he killed her or something like that. So it was interesting. Oh, yeah, the, the sex sex is a wet a weapon in this book particularly. Oh, like a like a tool for ro rolling or like ruling people or or uh, imprinting on people. Oh, it, it's just like a face slap, just kind of yeah. Yeah, okay. but inside. Yes, no, I got that. I was trying to take the metaphor out. So, yes, got it. So it's so, like so, a, it's, so, it's an fu is what I'm saying. A face slap is an fu. You're telling me this wad slap is an fu. Oh, right? yes, to her it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that would explain the terminology. Moving on. So, these so people, Bitcoin, these face, Bitcoin wad slaps uh -huh. everybody. And it's like, <laughs> and you're like, what? How does this happen? Like, you know, for someone like me who's whatever, I'm just, I like, I look at it almost like a, like a, a spectator sport. I just like watching it. I, I, I am trying to learn how to invest in it, which, side note, by the way, not, don't take anything we say here as yes. investment advice. We are not financial advisors. We will this is never purely reach, entertainment, if you couldn't tell. We'll never reach out to you and uh, and, and ask you for investments. People, uh, the JV, Coach JV, who we had on, mm -hmm. people are creating fake accounts as him and, oh, and yeah, telling people should. to in, invest in like things for him. So Yeah, that shit happens. Yeah, it's tough. So, so you're like, okay, well, 
you know, I'm, I'm a spectator like watching this and part of me is like, well, how low is it going to go? Because these numbers, like these are buying numbers. But you start getting scared. You start getting nervous. You're like, well, should I be buying right now? It's so, I mean, it's so cheap compared to what I was excited about buying a couple of months ago, which was like double the price on these things. I've seen where they, how much they fluctuate. Um, anyways, I don't pull the trigger. I'm still watching. And then all of a sudden it shoots up in an mm. hour. And you're like, what Whoa. is going on? Uh, well, if you don't know, there was a there was a little conversation happening right at this time. Uh, I think it was called the B word, and it was a conversation with uh, about Bitcoin. bowel movements. Uh, Bitcoin. Uh, oh, that, the B word. That, that B word. Oh, oh, oh. Not, okay. not bowels, not bees. Just B. Bitcoin. Just just, just B. <laughs> Impeccable with your word, please. Yeah. <laughs> Well, if you saw it, it's the B, the B as the B Bitcoin logo, logo, yada yada yada. Anyway, so okay. we have like three juggernauts of of the of Bitcoin and the investment world. You have okay. you have Jack Dorsey of Twitter, who is also um, a part of Square, which accepts Bitcoin now, um, and he's a big Bitcoin uh, proponent. Interesting. You have Elon Musk, who is responsible for affecting the price so much over the past couple months. Like back when, back in like February, I think it was at 35K, he released saying uh, an announcement, I think via Twitter, basically saying that Tesla has bought Bitcoin on their company ledger. How long which, ago was that? Like February. Right, because then, then he goes to say shortly thereafter that Tesla will not be accepting Bitcoin and then the price goes down. Exactly. So it, so when he says they have it on their ledger, um, it shoots up and uh, ten thousand and like a Jesus. Day. So it shoots Incredible. up to forty five, and that kind of started. Well, I was already on a pretty meteoric rise, but that just kind of really pushed the rise that continued mm. to sixty three k. Like an erection might rise. Yes, like like a Viag- almost like a Viagra erection, where you're like, this is not this something seems a little artificial about this. Hold on. I, Do you know what that's like? No, I, unfortunately, I don't. I thought, okay. Because yeah. I know people can do it recreationally for that experience. Yeah, but people you do said do it with such conviction that no, I just, I, I you just don't also a, need to, okay. I just have a strong imagination. No, I, I'd tell you if I tried it. I, you I know, believe you. And, um, and I, I got, I'm not. We, got, we have no shame. No shame on this podcast. Are you kidding? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> We're recording this completely nude on either side. <laughs> it's hot out there. It um, is. Um, so... So anyway, and, and yes, Elon Musk can affect the market because he has then released things like, hey, we're not accepting Bitcoin, which made it drop. And then he says, well, but we still have it on our ledger, which made it go back up again. So he's he can influence, which eventually starts to really piss crypto people off. It's just like, dude, chill out. Um, at first, they loved it when it was pushing it up. Um, but then his comments on it not being um, environmentally sound, that really pissed crypto people off because... Yes, it has some environmental issues, but so do so does the bank current banking system. So does all sorts of other things that, when you start to compare it, Bitcoin is actually not maybe not as bad as some of these other things. Well, this is why I liked what JV said: is watch what they're doing, not what they're saying. So, so you can so these conversations when when mm-hmm. te- when Elon realizes he's this influential on 
a market that where people make and lose millions of dollars on a daily basis. All he has to do is tweet one fucking thing and people go buy Dogecoin. So like, uh, we just have to, it's, I don't claim to understand any of this, but with them being so volatile with their words and not being able to trust them to begin with, they're saying whatever they want to, to buy at a low entry point or what have you. Totally. And, and, you know, that's against the law when it comes to the stock market, but it's not against the law when it comes to the crypto market. So you couldn't do, you can't do that with the stock market. You can get Holy big, fuck. You can get in big, big trouble. He can't tweet about Tesla like that. Um, I didn't know that. I mean, it makes so much sense, but wow. So, so, you know, so yeah. And, and, and it's starting to, you know, definitely starting to get on people's nerves, especially when he's, you know, shitting on Bitcoin and pushing Dogecoin. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of people think he's maybe not as educated as he needs to be. So this sit down, people were hoping that like, hey, we hope Jack Dorsey is going to teach him about Bitcoin uh, and, you know, let him know about why, you know, give him all the, the counter argument to the environmental stuff. Which, you know, partly for, well, you know, one of the theories of why Elon Musk did that at the time is that, you know, he's vying for government subsidies for Tesla being a, you know, a clean energy <laughs> product. So he's, you know, he's trying to Jesus distance himself. Christ. Right. And maybe his board is pushing him to do it. You know, who knows exactly why. Um, but anyways, and then there's a third person in this conversation. Kathy, Your mom. My mom, everyone's mom. She should be everybody's mom. Everybody should listen to her. Uh, Kathy Wood. She is like the darling of uh, investment funds right now. So we like her. We like her a lot. Okay. She's super smart. Uh, anything, anytime you want to, you know, learn a little bit more about investing, we you know, watch her stuff online. She started these funds on the on the market that have done so well. Um, she was one of the people that predicted Tesla's run before it, before it went on a run. Um, yeah, she's very smart, understands investment, and is literally at the cutting edge of industries and in choosing the right industries to invest in. So she has these um, funds that you can invest in that that target different companies in different sectors. So you don't just when you invest with her, it's like a you know it's basically a publicly uh, traded fund, so anybody can buy into the fund. Just like you would buy a stock, they're called. Is she, EF, is she single? I don't. I don't know. It's a good question. Uh, but her funds are called Arc, A R K. She's got like Arc G, Arc K, and they're all they all like target different industries. Um, so, anyways, she's also a big Bitcoin bull. You know, she loves Bitcoin, um, and so they're all. So we have these three juggernauts sitting down to talk about Bitcoin. Um. And, you know, I, and I should have marked my calendar. I should have known that this could have been a catalyst. Uh, and, and sure enough, it was. Now, I didn't listen to the whole conversation, but in that conversation, <laughs> the market jacked up. And the articles I read said it was because during that conversation, Elon Musk um, stated that not, not only Tesla, but also SpaceX ha has bought Bitcoin and has Bitcoin on their ledger. So that's what made it jump up in like an hour, you know, and let's say, I can't remember exactly how much, but let's say it was like, it was at 28,000 and it jumped up by 7,000. Um, what is that? That's a 25% jump in an hour, which is just, 
which is just incredible. You could literally put $1,000 in and make $20,000 and leave, right? Like, that's like kind of... No, no. You, you, you could put $1,000 in and make $250 on top of your 1000 Oh. 25% of your 1000 I'm a gambler. Top. I really just want... <laughs> just stick with Cum Rocket. You'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> Full circle. This has been the perfect podcast. Nick yeah. and Jessica ruined their friendship. <laughs> so... So, so the, this, that happens, this conversation happens. So this conversation happens. This was a little over a week ago. So, so now, you know, and I think it like, you know, it's, I think it might've like approached, I got to look back at the numbers, but I think it might've like approached the 40K again, um, hit the resistance and then bounced back a little bit. And then I was like, okay, well maybe the, some of the shine's going to wear off this conversation because it starts to dip again. And like this sort of dip and rise is a kind of a weekly thing. It's like, okay, maybe it's going to get back into its pattern where it dips over the weekend and then it rises during the week. Um, and it starts to dip. And I'm like, okay, let's just see how far it's going to dip. You know, and it gets down to the, like, I don't know, 34,000 maybe, maybe 33,000, somewhere in that mid-range. And then suddenly, a couple of days ago, boom, within an hour, it jacks up and now it's at 40,000 again. Like, what the fuck just happened? Uh, and other more news. Uh, uh, Amazon, there was a rumor released that Amazon is going to start accepting Bitcoin. Whoa. Who covered this? Good question. I don't know. We'd have to look it up. Um, this is a very good question because the next day after it shot up and hit 40,000, didn't break it, didn't break the resistance, uh, but came very close. The next day, Amazon came out and denied it, which then made it drop. How could he have done all this from space, though? I know, right? <laughs> right. But what he Ba-da-da. did, do, but what they did, what he didn't deny, or what what they confirmed was was also part of the article, which is that Amazon's going to be creating its own crypto, its own cryptocurrency. Shit. So what this means, you know, what this means is, like, a lot of companies are going to start doing this. Governments are going to start doing this. China is doing this, which is why they're trying to ban Bitcoin. They're trying to create their own digital currency. Ah. Um, so, but businesses are going to do it. Like, you know, it, Amazon's not trying to create the next Bitcoin. That's not what they're trying to do. They're just trying to capitalize on blockchain technology and use it to their advantage. Why allow some of these other digital currencies when they can create their own? Um, and so what this is, it's not saying like, oh, well, this is great for Bitcoin, but what it is great for is the industry is the technology mm-hmm. is the fact that digital currencies are here to stay and their and their applications are going to become every day at some point especially if a company like amazon starts to employ it um but i will say we haven't hit, we haven't broken that 40 resistance um and it's just hovering it keeps touching 40 and dropping um Touching 40 and dropping. Let me see where it's at. Let's just take a quick look where it's mm. at right now. Touching 40. Well, that sounds really titillating. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> Touching 40. It gets there. It tickles 40 and then uh-huh. it drops. Uh-huh. Exactly. Oh, right now it's tickling it hard. They're edging. It's called edging. Edging. <laughs> oh. So oh. really, I think you and I just created a whole new uh, cryptocurrency 
crypto- philosophy. Okay, I thought you meant a new cryptocurrency itself called edging. No, no, no. We've okay. created a philosophy. We're like the Kama Sutra of crypto. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no longer is the investment world going to be talking about resistance. It's going to be all about edging. Edging and uh, plateauing. <laughs> edging it. <laughs> have they gone past the plateau? <laughs> um, or, or have they have they broken the pelvic wall? Mm, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> the pelvic floor. Um, so I was listening to some... I was listening to Seth Green talk about NFTs a little bit. Steve Aoki and Seth Green and a couple other guys, I think, from their studios are creating an NFT-only um, show. Mm. But here's my question. So if I were to, like, bid and buy that show or, like, this pilot or I bought episode one and I now I own – like, or, or let's, let's actually, like, they were talking about Indiana Jones – what if you got the NFT for Indiana Jones and the Ark of the Covenant, whatever, but you also got to like own the props, but you own, or like you own the scene of the, the him running away from the boulder, right? You own that. They were talking about that. You own okay. that. You own that NFT. It's on the blockchain. Nick Masu bought it. Does that mean people cannot show the movie now without your approval? Or do you get residuals because you purchased that? That's what I still don't quite understand about NFTs. Yeah, that's a very good question. I think all that's left to be seen. Makes no sense. It uh, doesn't make sense. It will make sense. I bet it's going to be based on the contract of you know the terms of purchase. Um, you know, I bet. But then how does one make money by being able to just sell that to somebody else later? Like, oh, I got the boulder scene. Oh, so it's like collectible cards at a certain point some of it is collectible yeah right i mean well you know rich people love to collect shit this is true and they did say that you know but eventually though like yes you're gonna have this sort of high dollar collectible stuff but eventually you're gonna have this low dollar collectible stuff um and and i think we've talked about this before but one of the biggest i think industries that's going to benefit from nfts is video games oh right when you when you're in a role-playing game and you earn that armor or that weapon and then you're able to take that and either resell it or use it in a different game and sudden you know that's gonna that's gonna be huge nick do you know what you're talking about (laughs) yeah yeah i've listened to conversations on this okay but you don't play video games i don't play video games but i understand that if you had if you didn't have a child would you, if you didn't have like a, the life that you have right now, would you play video games? Does that ever interest you? Yeah, I mean, I have played video games, um, but no, I've never been a big gamer. You know, growing up, you know, I had Intellivision back in the day, which you do you even know what Intellivision is? It sounds like a Nintendo thing, but no, I don't. This is a precursor to Nintendo. This was this was a, oh. an, an, an Atari peer. An Atari? Oh. Yeah, either you had Atari yeah, you or you in. had or you had Intellivision. Um, I see. And you plugged it in and it, uh, then you can play the it was games. Like a, yeah, yeah. It was the normal sort of, it was basically like Atari and then and then Nintendo came out. Just think about like Nintendo Sega, right? You had an Atari and an Intellivision. Um, Got it. Yeah, because the first thing I played was Nintendo and I was three. Well, there you go. See, the, the Television probably was a little done. By I the think time that we have another podcast on our hands <laughs> talking about video another games. another episode no another episode where we talk about the generational gaps between video games yeah now i grew up with three boys and we 
mainly played sports games. So most of my gaming was sports games. Um, I love a good FIFA. Like, it, like nowadays, if it was FIFA, give me some FIFA, great. Great, um, great. You can um, hang out with my uncles. <laughs> Uh, but I, you know, I could, I could, I can get into video games, but you know what? Some of them I can't get into like Halo. I tried that. I just cannot, I can't have, I don't have that fast awareness of looking around. I mean, I get shot. I, I get shot before I can do anything. I'm like, oh, there's somebody. I and got then, it. I'm dead. Of, co- of course. Of and course. it's just so annoying and frustrating. I don't even want to do it anymore. Um, so no, so no. Maybe the maybe the sort of like Warcraft type stuff where you're like hunting around doing shit. I could see that. Uh, I did get uh, into yeah, client- but I even tried it recently, and it's it's tedious. Um, yeah, but again, it's different. It's different for each people. And also, World of Warcraft is going through a huge issue with the way that they treat uh, their non male employees so mm. that's something we can talk about another time but people are literally walking out of uh, Activision and Blizzard which are these um, companies that are responsible for such games as World of Warcraft and it's uh, really interesting just interesting Nick did you tell me everything I needed to know about Crypto Corner I think we did um, just right, what's your takeaway what's what do you wish I had my takeaway? What do you think I, what do you wish I understood today based off of what you shared with me? Oh, that, you know, I don't, you know, I think the th- biggest thing is like how much this market is affected by news. Um, and, and that it is, it's going to move up. It's going to move down in very dramatic ways. And you can choose to interact with it however you want just know that that's going to be part of it. And if you're a long-term hodler, which which probably is you know the best approach, just buy and hold and check back in 5 years or and continue to add as you go. Don't, you know, just try not to freak out, although it's very hard when you see the price just tank. You know, just go, do I believe in this technology? Is it going to do I, you know, do I think in five, 10 years, it's going to be a part of our everyday lives? If the answer is yes, just hold strong. Hoddle. Hoddle your friends close. Say. Hoddle the one you love. <laughs> if you can't be hoddle. with the one, hoddle. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we have so many things to talk about next time we reconvene uh, this podcast. Considering if you if or if not, you book this Nickelodeon job. Yeah, um, I'm not crossing my we'll, fingers. I for you. Or not I'm holding my breath. My I, think, that, I am crossing my I'm, fingers, not holding my breath. There you go. I'm holding my breath that you do, that you don't book it. I'm really putting it out there. Don't book it. I don't want you to book it at all. I want. I want to do. So, this I, so I can't provide forever. for my family. Exactly. That's what I. That's my hope is uh, to just destroy your life uh i think i think the next homework over the next couple of weeks is rewatching um can't hardly wait mm-hmm. and, and examining the history of party movies and their uh encapsulation of generations i think we have uh i think it'd be interesting to talk about like the different uh trajectories of of businesses and how acting is a different trajectory all, all into itself. 
Um, and, and, and what else, what else is there to talk about? Well, I still want to, you know, we, we've talked about, uh, bringing out my brother, Paul, who, yes. who's got, you know, cross purposes. He is a bud of 94. Uh-huh. He uh-huh. also is raising Gen Z, uh, uh-huh. who, who we've talked about. We've talked about, uh, her on the show a little bit. Right. Um, we possibly, you know, not, not to just go down my family well here, but, no, this is your podcast. I'm just, I'm just here. Who is quintessential Gen X? Who, who? He's the one who's going to break down MTV for us. I don't think I, I can do oh, it. Oh, yeah, we definitely need to have an MTV episode. We need to have an SNL episode. Um, there's so much to talk about, oh. and just to get to know each other, Nick. Just to get to know each other, just a little bit better. Just a little bit better in this world where we're all so removed from each other. While you sit there in your room and I'm here in this heat box that I'm in. <sighs> heat box. I mean, it's not not hot here, but right now I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm I'm really cool. Okay, I don't have AC, so that's the thing. I don't have AC. I can't have AC on when we're doing this. Oh, no, I, no, I mean, I don't have AC. Not just in not general? on. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's just one of those things. Nick. <laughs> Thank you. Jess. I hope this was helpful. Did you lose me? Uh, to, to someone. <laughs> Can you hear me? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I was just readjusting my beads. Oh, oh no. <laughs> That's okay. You should probably go check out on those. <laughs> Goodbye, Nick. <laughs> Bye, Jess. Nichols, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Nick and I really love doing this podcast for you. We love doing it together. We love talking about what the generational experience is like from different perspectives. And we really look forward to hearing from different things that you have to contribute to us as well. If you become a patron today, you could ask us questions if you're at a certain tier. You can get early access to episodes if we're able to get them done in time for you. You'll get sick-ass merch. And if we can find the time a monthly deep dive where Nick and I go deep on topics that we're passionate about but aren't necessarily through the generational lens. Become a patron today. Become an official Nickel. Go to patreon.com slash you don't own Nick to find out more ways you can support our podcast. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next week, Nickels. Now that was a JLV production.